Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking. Today we're talking softball, Raging Cajun softball with Mr. Bobby. Bobby, how are you doing this afternoon? Man, I'm doing well. We're about, uh, we're about 40, 40, 49, 50 hours away from first pitch. So I'm does doing it, pretty good. Does that get you, I mean, doesn't it just get your blood pumping and ready to go? Well, it really does because, you know, this is my uh, my favorite day of the year. Major League opening day is my second favorite day of the year. Uh, Raging Cajuns baseball opening day is a good a good time also. So this is a great time of the year. I'll I'll, uh, uh, I'll give you a quote from one of your one of your uh, former players there that you enjoy. Uh, love is the greatest thing in the world, but baseball is pretty good too. No so. doubt, no doubt about it. And when we say baseball, we mean baseball, softball, spring sports like that. So um, it, it's uh, it, it's just I, I went out Sunday. I missed the fan part of the uh, of the the program, but uh, got to watch some raging Cajun baseball. And I wasn't gonna go. Wasn't gonna go. A friend kept texting me, so I ended up going, and I'm so happy I did. Now I'm now I'm really excited. So yeah, I bet you are. Uh, well, be a, a, you know, a good team on that side of on that side of the complex, also. I, I think these are going to be two very exciting teams that are going to be very reminiscent of the 2014-15 era. There, 16, you know, all those where the you know softball, uh, obviously multiple NCAA regionals since then, but at the same time. Baseball looking to go for their third NCAA regional in a row, which I think is going to happen if I had to yeah, guess. Yeah, and, so. and, and softball looking to make it to the Women's College World Series for the first time since 2014. So, I, I was going to say, not only that, but looking to host. I mean, get back to that to where they're a host team, too. So that would be exciting for everybody yeah. at Lampson Park. And Coach Glasgow's, so. you know, set up the schedule to uh, – to, to set the team up to uh, to be able to host if they go out and take care of their business. That's what we need to do. Let's jump right in. Uh, you know, last week we, we, we spoke and we talked about uh, individual players, the team, kind of round that out. We talked about the schedule in general. But like we said, Thursday is opening night. I'm noticing uh, maybe not this first team, but some of the other teams are playing in Lake Charles on Thursday before they come here so it's, uh, it's kind of it's it's kind of like a little crossover tournament new mexico and uh, i think chattanooga are both going to play and also cal i think are also going to play some games and uh in lake charles and then swing over to lafayette and play some games here so kind of a mix and match kind of thing i wonder because uh this is this is like you said a little bit of a, a crossover but not technically the same tournament which has been kind of done in the past. I'm wondering if that's if that's our coaches working with Magnese to see if we can bring in both sets of teams, or if it's their coaches saying, "Hey, I'm going to be in Lake Charles Saturday and Sunday. Can I come to see you Thursday and Friday?" Something like that. I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. All the coaches having these different contacts, and uh, you know, it, it makes it a little bit better for those teams when they can come and play at two separate venues and come down south and play in what hopefully will be a little bit of warm weather for them. And, you know, I know Coach Glasgow's 
daughter's team is playing in that Mardi Gras Mambo in uh, in Youngsville. And, uh, of course, Glasgow told me that they've been outdoors a total of 45 minutes since the beginning of January. So they're looking forward to coming down uh, to South Louisiana. Well, that that is awesome. I know the uh, uh, not only that, with it being Mardi Gras weekend or the main Mardi Gras weekend, as far as everything, I know the teams are all probably looking forward to to getting that out uh, and enjoying Lafayette, the culture, the Mardi Gras culture of Louisiana. And, um, you know, and I know some of these games were moved up a little bit specifically to help them out. And to help the city of Lafayette out with some traffic issues as well. Yeah, the Mardi Gras experience, and uh, I know I've heard of uh, one team that's visiting is going to be going to the uh, the Zydeco breakfast at Buck and Johnny's on Saturday morning. So they're uh, you know they're coming down and they want to get that that whole Cajun experience. Well, before we get started, though, I know we said we were, but uh, let me just uh, bring this up uh, real quick. We'll do it now and at the end of the show again. Thursday parking, uh, normal game day parking uh, at Lampson Park in Cajun Field. Friday, there is reserve parking in Lot A for those with uh, accessible passes at Lampson Park. There'll be a park shuttle from the Health Science Campus beginning at 9.38 a.m. That is 611 St. Landry Street. Or they can walk from the print shop that's on Coliseum Road over. And those same things will be available on Saturday and Sunday uh, uh, as well. So, um, I'm looking at Sunday. It looks like parking shuttle from the print shop. It doesn't talk about parking at uh, Cajun Field. So, and a little th- bit I different than the parking. The, I think for those for those fans that have bought uh, parking passes at Lampson Field. Lampson Park. Um, I think they'll be able to use those on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Saturday, they will not be able to park at Lampson Park. That is correct. If you have a lot A pass or a uh, a handicapped accessible pass, you'll be able to park at Lampson Park. So, all right. Well, let's jump right in here. Chattanooga is coming in last season, twenty five and twenty seven. Uh, you know, you, you all often wonder about teams, especially early on, we get teams in that are from the north. I mean, is Tennessee north? Is it south? Well, let me tell you, it gets cold in Tennessee. And we talked about that earlier, you know, with uh, Coach Glasgow's dollar getting out. I'm, Tennessee probably had a few more warmer days, but Chattanooga is, uh, is a team that's coming in. What, what do you, what do you, overall, what do you, what do you think about them as far well, as Chattanooga? Chattanooga is always a very well-coached team. And if, if you look at their rec- their uh, schedules from the past few years, they always seem like they, they come up with one or two uh, big wins, you know, for their program that against teams that, you know, on paper, they're not supposed to, to win those games. And uh, they're picked to, they're picked, they were picked fourth in the uh, coaches preseason poll for the Southern conference uh, for this coming season. So they've got five players on the, uh, the preseason all-conference team, and I, I think they're going to be uh, Chattanooga will be a little bit better than they probably were last year. I'm, I'm seeing they got, they uh, picked up three wins against Sunbelt teams, once against one against Marshall, two against Georgia State. And let's let's be honest, 
neither one of them, pro those programs are power programs in our conference, but at the same time, not a good look for our, our, our conference. You know, at the same time, uh, the Cajuns defeated Marshall in the, uh, the tournament championship game one to nothing. So, you know, Marshall yes. was uh, very competitive last year. I, I forgot about uh, especially that. Especially so on I that east apologize. side. Yeah. On the east side of the of the conference, you know. They uh, they were the – in fact, I think they were the number one seed in the tournament. I, I think they were. Uh, uh, although they don't seed them by – by the, the, the two top seeds come from the top – the top spots on each side. Right, right. So I forgot about that. So thank you. Now that was opening weekend for them. And well, actually they, I see they took, they lost to South Alabama uh, one to nothing. So I, I missed that one. So, um, well, I'm not going to go through their whole schedule, but uh, so what do we expect to see in the circle from them? Well, they've got a, a second, a second team, uh, Preseason all-conference pitcher in uh, Paige Gould. She had nine wins last year with a 2.59 ERA, and she's uh, probably their top returning pitcher. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a good chance we uh, we would probably, if I had to guess, see Gould on uh, on Thursday afternoon in that opening uh, in that opening game. So, uh, she she would be their top returning pitcher. It looks like. And then uh, uh, offensively, they've got a first-team all-conference uh, preseason selection, Addie Keelan, who hit 291 last year with nine home runs and 21 RBIs. And then Olivia LaPerry, Callie Phillips, and J.C. Purdy, uh, three more kids that were uh, voted to the second-team uh, preseason. So uh, they've got some uh, they've got some talented players coming back from last year's team. Uh, Phillips hit 333 last year and led the team uh, with 10 home runs. So a little bit of power there in Cali Phillips. You know, the, the Cajuns, uh, I don't see the, the full schedule uh, as far as the Louisiana classics. I know uh, Chad, well, Chattanooga will, will, will pick up. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm on last year's schedule, so I'm going to, but I, I, they, they play Cal on, uh, uh, on Friday morning and then again on Saturday morning. So everybody's going to get to play each other. Well, the Cajuns will play Chattanooga twice uh, in, in those, those first two days. Um, I think so, we, we play Chattanooga. Uh, yeah. At six o'clock Thursday and four o'clock Friday. That's correct. So that that's going to be, uh, and they will, and, and they will play uh, the Cajuns will play Cal at one thirty on Friday. Um, overall, Cal, and this is this is what's really tough about looking at strictly what someone goes by a schedule because you know Cal obviously they played with UCLA, they played with Stanford. You know had had a, a thirty five and twenty one and one record last year, uh, and a, a, a nine and nine and fourteen in conference nine fourteen and one. I'm assuming the one tie was on getaway day, but you know, that's a, a big time program coming in for the Cajuns overall. Yeah, what they, do we expect from Cal? You know, Cal is coached by Chelsea Spencer, who was, uh, she's in her fourth year there. And um, she was a shortstop on their 2002 national championship team. And 
she's uh, she's you know turning that program around. Last year they made it to the field of 64 for the first time in five years, and that was her third year at Cal, and uh, they were eliminated by Oklahoma in the championship game of the Norman Regional last year. So Cal's a team that you know they picked seventh in the Pac-12, and uh, you know those preseason polls. Uh, go a lot on, on what you did the, the previous season. I'm expecting Cal again, uh, like like Chattanooga, to be, you know, uh, a little bit better this year than they were last year. And, uh, you know, they're looking to uh, to go to the uh, NCAA tournament for the second consecutive year. And they're, uh, you know, they've got some nice players returning also. What did, what did we expect from them in the circle then? Is that something – Will that be their strong point, or will we will we hear from their strong point when it comes to the hitting side of it? I think offensively they they may be a little bit better than uh, pitching wise. You know, kind of just looking at the at the numbers from last year. Anna Reimers was is going to be their re- top returner. They have three pitchers returning that had ten wins last year. Reimers was ten and two with a two point eight six ERA. Annabelle Tepperson was ten and five. And Haley Archer was ten and ten, with an ERA of three point five zero. So they've got three uh, returning pitchers with a lot of experience. Uh, all pitched over a hundred innings last year, and uh, so you know, like I said, they uh, they've got some experience returning in the pitching circle. On the hitting side, I'm looking at last year's stats again, and we, I see three players above four hundred, and two more above three seventy. Uh, 375, and I don't care whether it's baseball or softball. If you're hitting 400, you're doing something right. Well, those, I, I don't know if returning? that's just. Uh, well, oh. Tatum Anzaldo, Tatum Anzaldo, she's a a returning All Pac-12 player, and she was voted to the uh, the preseason All Pac-12 um, team this year, and. Uh, She's the leading returning hitter. She hit 283 last year with five home runs. And oh, then, uh, I, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm I'm looking at their own base percentage. Ah, yeah. Sorry. That, could be, that makes it different. That's good. That does make a big but, difference. And then Acacia Anders, who led the team with home runs last year in RBI, she had uh, seven home runs, 30 runs batted in. She hit 284. And Micah Lee, uh, return. She she led the team in batting average last year. She hit 315. So that's a lot of uh, kids returning that that played a lot last year and and got a you know a, a whole season under their belt in in a tough conference. And they're a year older and you know got another year of experience. So uh, Cal, I expect them to uh, to be a little bit better this year and to make that field of 64 once again. Yeah. Uh... Uh, I, I guess my eyes are trained when you see that point four six three uh, whatever it, those three numbers after that point. My eyes are trained to go look at that real quick, and uh, so I apologize there. Um, next, uh, the Lobos from New Mexico are coming in again. Nineteen and thirty one last year. Um, I, again, how how is this team? Do you think are they going to fare better as well? You think this from last well, year? Again, they, you know they're picked eighth in the Mountain West in the preseason, so it's kind of hard to go by that. 
you know, but they do have a, they've got a, a, return, a returning uh, all-conference player who's also a, a preseason all-conference in the Mountain West uh, for this year, Rachel Hattu, and she's a really good player, Craig. She, you know, she hit, she hit 396 last year and led the team with 31 runs batted in, although she only hit three home runs, but they don't seem like a team with a whole lot of power. They also return Ashley Archuleta, who hit 331 last year with three home runs. And so last year, if I'm not mistaken, they hit a total of 27 home runs on the whole season. So not a team that hits with a whole lot of power. Uh, that that You are correct on the 27 home runs, but the two players that you spoke of, uh, OPS on base plus SUG percentage, 909 and 1.063. So those are very strong numbers, again, for, for those particular players. And usually what happens, uh, as, as you know, I'm not talking specifically to you, but it's not necessarily the top players that that uh, that where where the team struggles. It's it's after you get past three, four, and five that kind of a team will tend to drop off quickly if they if their record indicates something like this. Absolutely, and you know those two kids we talked about are their their two returning uh, their best offensive players from last season. That's kind of what you can go on. You know, it's the only thing you, you really get to go on. So. Uh, Past those two, I'm not sure what they have returning, and uh, and how good they would be offensively. You know, those two though. The, I mean, what gives me a little bit of well, here's what's not surprises me, but uh, Rachel Hatu uh, Hatu Hatu pronounced. Okay, I'm gonna say Rachel. And I'm gonna say Ashley then because I'm not seven triples and Ashley with five triples. But only five for five in stolen bases and two for two in stolen bases. You would seem like if they've got the speed to get a triple, if, if seven triples is, is a pretty good number, you would think they would try to steal a little bit more. And it just doesn't look like they're a team that runs, you know, likes to run a whole lot. You know, they uh, they get people on base and they they don't they just don't look like they 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 try to manufacture runs. I guess is what I'm saying. But they're forty for forty-three. Get me some girls thrown out. Run the bases. So. <laughs> forty for forty-three. You know that's forty-three stolen bases in uh, in whatever they they played forty uh, the fifty games. That's really not a whole lot. So no, it's not. Uh, Especially you know, I'm not expecting game. to see them run a whole bunch. Well, if you if 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 their team is listening, don't 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 start stealing bases until next weekend when you're gone from here. Right, so. right, right. So Well, that kind of closes out the weekend for the Louisiana Classics. Oh, did we, we didn't we, we didn't, didn't talk about pitching. Yeah, we didn't talk about their pitching. So they Sorry about that. Their top returning pitcher is uh, Amber Litton. She was 11 and 13 last year with a 3.66 ERA and former Raging Cajun a, a kid that a lot of the Cajun fans are, are familiar with, Taylor Snow, who transferred to New Mexico last year. She was a uh, she was five and ten, with a four point eight six ERA last season, and then they've got a uh, a transfer that they like a lot, a kid from Odessa Junior College, Emily Browse, who in uh, at Odessa last year she was eighteen and three with a one point nine zero ERA. So they're expecting to to get a lot of innings out of the Browse kid, uh, you know, and and she may even 
she may end up maybe being their number one pitcher. Wow. You know, the, the other numbers, quite honestly, aren't terribly hor horrible at, at three-something and four-something for the, the other two pitchers. So it tells me they're, not, again, going back probably to the stolen bases, they're not scoring a whole lot of runs. It's, it's, no, it didn't look like they scored a whole lot of runs last year. And like you said, they were 19 and 31. And I know they're, you know, they're expecting to be better this year. Uh, you know, talking to a, a few people out there in, in the softball world. And, um, you know, again, they got picked eighth in the Mountain West in the preseason. And I'm sure that had a lot to do with, with their season last year. Yeah. Well, Again, sometimes you have to look at that and, and uh, you know, you don't want to steal those bases and, and get your runners off the base path. But sooner or later, you got to start trying to man, man, manufacturing your own runs, in my opinion. But I'm not a coach, so it's easy for me to say. <laughs> so uh, anything else uh, before we wrap up the Louisiana Classics portion of this uh, podcast here? Uh, I think we've covered the, the three teams that we're going to face in the Louisiana Classics. And, you know, I know the kids, uh, you know, the Hayes and the Bourne, uh, Craig, and today and tomorrow is kind of just, you know, tying up some loose ends. And the, the kids are chomping at the bits, man. They, they, they're ready to see a different uniform in the other dugout. And uh, they can't oh. wait for, for Thursday evening. I bet they are. I mean, that sounds like uh, I'm excited. Uh, like, like we talked about earlier, I'm excited. Uh, them i'm excited to watch, be able to get outside and uh uh looks like it's going to be good weather sunday's a little iffy for the cajuns but we'll see so yeah temperatures uh, in the 70s on uh on thursday and friday that's a that's good softball weather uh absolutely I, i'm just hoping uh that it's one of those things that uh when the sun goes down at whatever time that is at 6 30 that it doesn't the temperature doesn't drop quick so i think we'll be good I hope so. So uh, before we sign off, though, we have one more game before we, we get to, we're able to talk next week. Uh, the Cajuns will head to Mississippi State on Mardi Gras Day to play a couple games. I believe it's a couple games. It is a doubleheader scheduled to start at 4 o'clock. You know, it, it's one of those that we I, – I don't think for a long time baseball didn't do it either, and baseball finally figured that out saying, hey, let's get our guys on the road for Mardi Gras when they're not missing school and we can pick up a couple extra games. You know, we played our, our, I think one year we played a Tuesday and Wednesday at Rice. And then Thursday we ended up, uh, uh, was a travel day to uh, Texas state and then played them on the weekend. But softball has been doing this for a while, whether it's been to Baylor, uh, to Stephen F. Austin, a few places. Am I correct? I guess, you know, it gave Coach Drasco an opportunity to uh, – it's going to be a nice challenge to go over to Starkville and play an SEC team and uh, another opportunity for the Cajuns to um, to get, you know, a couple of wins against a, a team that Mississippi State was uh, picked 13th. And they came out 13th last year in the SEC. They were only SEC team to not make the, uh, the NCAA tournament last year, and I know – their goal this year is to take that step. You know, their their head coach, Samantha Ricketts, is a, a former Oklahoma All-American. And uh, she's added to her staff this year, former uh, Taryn Mowat, who was a former All-American pitcher at Arizona and uh, led Arizona to the 2006 
2007 national championships. So just the, you know, the addition of Moat to that coaching staff, I think is going to, going to help Mississippi state uh, improve, uh, you know, in the pitching circle, she'll be the pitching coach. And then with Ricketts as a head coach, and she was a big power hitting first baseman for Oklahoma. And uh, they like to hit the long ball and uh, it's going to be a, a nice challenge for the Cajuns. And uh, it's good to get those SEC teams on, on the, on the uh, on the uh, schedule, anytime you can, you know, because at some point during the season they're gonna they're gonna get a win here and a win there against some of the uh, the teams in the upper half of the SEC, and all they can do is help the Cajuns. Absolutely, I think it's a great opportunity to he- to head over there. Uh, you know, you you've uh, before before the Cajuns face them. Uh, just like uh, they have games uh, uh, two against IUPUI, which is Indiana University, Purdue University of Indiana, and then UAB. So uh, we this played that one year. We played them oh. several years back, and uh, I didn't know what it stood for. We just we oh. called them Ooey Pooey. Yeah, it's actually Indiana University, Purdue, Purdue University of Indianapolis. Right. So. so the the IU there there are several like that uh, IUPU TFW no uh, IUPU FW Fort Wayne so but they're they're it's a it's a unique system where both uh, two can I guess competing universities have a campus together and uh, they're able to get students there so uh, and, which is locally uh, that's where for those that remember I. If I'm remembering correctly, there that is where Ron Hunter, the former head coach of uh, Georgia State's, uh, was at before he headed to Georgia State. So it helps that I that's spent. A, uh, what's that? That's a good nugget right there, Craig. It, it helps that I spent 13 years in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. So back to Mississippi State, though. Uh, so what are they returning? Let's start in the pitching circle again. What are we looking at there? They returned uh, Josie Marson was uh, eight and two last year with a 2.380 RA, and she returns this year. And then they've got two other pitchers that uh, that didn't pitch a whole lot of innings last year, but they do return. Matalasi Papito, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and then uh, Aspen Wesley. So. They do have three pitchers returning that uh, that Coach Marwat is going to have to uh, to work with in, in, in the pitching circle. Uh, those kids were on the team last year and and did get some pitching time. Yeah, I look at their ERAs as well. And again, uh, from last year, you see two three eight, three three, three one three, three one three, and three one eight. Those are not bad numbers, but when you're getting into an SEC game, you're you're talking about players that you know. A lot of one to three, two to three, one to two to one games, you know. So um, I imagine that's where a lot of those losses came into effect there. And anything, uh, ERA under three in softball is, is usually pretty good. You know, under two is really, really good. But if you, you know, if you can have an ERA under three and uh, you can be a productive pitcher. Absolutely. Let's turn it around and look from the hitting side of what uh, they're returning. They returned uh, a couple of pretty good players uh, that that uh, with some power. Paige Cook, who hit uh, 
320 last year with 11 home runs, and she drove in 37 runs that, that led the team last year. And then Aquana Brownlee hit 310 with eight home runs and 35 RBIs last year. That's the two kids from last year's roster that, that returned. And, and then they got a, a, a really good transfer from Louisiana Tech, a center fielder, Sierra Sacco, who played her high school ball at John Curtis. And uh, she played her first two years of college softball at Louisiana Tech. She hit 398 in those two years and uh, had 125 hits. So that's a big addition to their team offensively. And uh, I'm sure Sacco will be starting in center field for them. She, uh, she'll be uh, one of the best center fielders in the, in the uh, SEC because she's really, really good. We got to see her last year when we visited Louisiana Tech, and uh, she was a really nice player. You know, it's not often, uh, in my opinion, there's not a whole lot to do in Starkville, but there's probably even less to do in Ruston. So not, not many places you can say that Starkville will step up. This is my first trip to Starkville. I've never been oh. to Starkville. So uh, I'm looking forward I'm, to it. And uh, I've, I've heard what you just said uh, many times. <laughs> so, uh, uh, But I we're think... only going to be there. You know, we, we, we're we going to be there just Monday night. After yeah. the doublehead on Tuesday, you're going to head back home. Good deal. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I just, you know, uh, probably shouldn't say those things about another place, but I did. Well, you've been there, and uh, obviously yeah. you know. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I did have a good time in Starkville. I'm not going to lie. And Well, I was there for baseball, so – if I'm anywhere for baseball or softball, it's going to be a good time. So. Well, from what I know about you, Craig, you have a good time no matter where you are. And like you Thank said, you. especially if, if baseball is involved. Absolutely. Uh, anything else that you want to mention or talk about before we wrapped it up today? No, you know, the Kate, like, you know, first, first five of the first seven games are going to be at home and then uh, come back after the Mississippi State uh, doubleheader and Get ready for Baylor for a three-game series. That'll be a big three-game series the following weekend uh, here at Lansing Park before the Cajuns hit the road for, if I'm not mistaken, 20 of their next 21 games will be in the road after that Baylor series. So uh, uh, it's going to go fast before we know it. We're going to be saying uh, the season has flown by and we're getting ready for postseason. So hopefully see a lot of fans out here at Lansing Park this weekend and uh, come out and support those young ladies that have really, really worked their tails off since the beginning of September. Have, have you heard anything about ticket sales or anything like that by any chance? Uh, I've heard that the grandstand area has sold out season ticket-wise. Yes. So, the second uh, year in a row, I believe. Yes, second year in a row. So uh, if you got tickets, come on out. Well, uh, Thursday I'm night, 6 o'clock, the, the weather's supposed to be nice. It's not going to be cold. Uh, you should be off of work by then. Hope to see you at the ballpark. You know, it, it's it's funny because normally I'm texting people saying, hey, would you like to come to softball or baseball? Uh, I like I, I, I have multiple tickets, so I like to make sure they're all used. But this is the first year that I've got people texting me ahead of time. Hey, do you have tickets for Thursday? Do you have tickets for Friday? So that that's a good sign. That's a good sign. And, Craig, uh, you know, if you can't make it out to the ballpark, is it okay if I mention the, the radio broadcast? Oh, absolutely. Please do. 
so Cody Juno and, and I, Cody will do play by play and uh, I'll be the color analyst throughout the season. And uh, all Raging Cajun games this year can be heard on uh, 103.3 FM, 1420 AM, or the Varsity Network app. So, uh, like I said, if you can't make it out to the ballpark, and even if you can make it out to the ballpark, I know you can do like Craig and listen to the uh, the broadcast as you watch the game. Listen to the game. Uh, you can catch it on your FM radio. Uh, I, I love mine. I actually uh, love listening to you guys. Love hearing about the game. And it, it will be live because they will receive texts from me until the delay is taken off of the of the broadcast. Yes, indeed. You certainly make sure that we get that taken care of. I try to text you 30 minutes beforehand and say, hey, don't forget about. But so and we get the producer no, back at the station to, uh, to do whatever he needs to do. And I know, that I can, know that's not y'all. No, that way you can sit at the game and listen to the broadcast. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's as we're seeing other sports somewhat, I think TV has somewhat given a decline in attendance in some of the other sports. It, it's good to see boss, baseball and softball still growing. Uh, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, I mentioned it on our last podcast. I'm missing it on this one. It's the best time of the year. It, it absolutely is. And even if you got tickets that are in, in the outfield, there's not a bad seat there. No, you know, the, the outfield in center field is 220 down the lines, 200. So you're not that far away from the action. And it's, uh, it's really is good seats. Absolutely. Well, Bobby, I appreciate your time as always. We will talk again next week. We'll figure out a, a time after you get back from, uh, from, uh, Starkville, Mississippi state Starkville. Yeah. If, if I don't decide, I want to stay over there. Yeah, you may just end up moving there and saying, hey, let me, yeah, let me just settle down here. <laughs> now, if you went from Ruston, you might say, yes, this is definitely, I got to stop. I got to stop. So, I'll let you. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. Yeah. Thanks a lot. How, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, for Mr. Bobby, I'm Craig Malosso. We've been, you've been listening to We're Talking. We've been talking softball, Raging Cajun softball. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.